should we start off before we even say this is the day that the Lord has made by introducing our new organist, Jenny, Jenny Kim. And her husband, Jason, is, there we are. There's Jason there with us as well. So we're, we're happy to welcome both of them into our congregation and to say thank you for beautiful music. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from Joshua, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and spent the night there. The king of Jericho was told, Some Israelites have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jer Jericho sent orders to Rahab, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come only to search out the whole land. But the women took the two men and hid them. Then she said, 
True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And when it was time to close the gate at dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you can overtake them. She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men pursued them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before they went to sleep, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that dread of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you, and when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith that you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. This is God's words to God's people. Thanks be to God.
This scripture falls in chronological order after the story of Moses. The story of Rahab is one that picks up, really, she's, she's a big char- character in the story of Joshua. And Joshua takes over leadership of the people of Israel after Moses passed away. And because of the way that God had laid down the rules, the people of Israel could not cross over into the promised land until Moses had passed away. But once they realized that this was inevitable and that this was their next step on their journey, they said, we need to do some research. We have to figure out what's going on in this land that has been promised to us so that we can figure out what our next steps are. So Joshua called two of his uh, Two of his people, some people call them scouts, some people call them spies, you can call them whatever you would like, two men from his army to go forth and to figure out what's going on in this promised land of theirs. And they go out and they do research. And in that conversation, or while they're doing research, they've been told that they need to abide by the commandments of the Lord and that Joshua really has some interest in the land of Jericho. What's going on there specifically? So they go and check that out. One of their first stops is to what, if you are teaching younger children, you would say the innkeeper. If we're talking about Westerns, I would say the saloon owner. Because what better place to find out what's going on in a city than to go to the saloon or the house of ill repute or whatever else to find out what people are saying about what's happening in the community. So they stop by there to get their information as to what's happening. And of course, the story of what had happened with the people of Israel and how they had crossed the Red Sea, as Rahab t- recounted in, in her story, has reached the nation of Jericho, or the city of Jericho, and they know what's going on. So the king hears that these spies or scouts are there, and he's more than a little anxious. He's more than a little concerned as to what is the future of his community. And Rahab is is brought to her door. They pound on the door and they say, hey, bring out these gentlemen. And she says, they've already left. They left by another way when it was time to close up shop. I closed my gate and they weren't here. Which was a lie. She actually had hid them up on the roof um, under some flax that were drying out in the sun. Rahab had a few choices in that situation. But in her awareness of who the God of the people of Israel was, she said, I want to get on that train. I want to figure out how I attach or latch myself to that, that, the journey that the people of Israel are on because they have a God who's very powerful. They have a God who watches over them and protects them. And I've heard what happened to those other cities, and I'm not sure if I want that history in my history, so maybe I need to figure this out. So she protects these spies, and she comes up with a plan. She tells them exactly how this plan is going to come to fruition. After she sent the, the, the king of Jericho's men away, she goes up and lays out the plan. She says, okay, here's the deal. You're going to hide out here for another three or four days, and when the coast is clear and when they've decided that they've lost track of you, you're going to sneak out my window. I will, ri- I will pass down this rope. 
here so that you can climb out, and then you're going to go hide in the land for a couple of days. And then once you've hidden for a couple of days, then you can go back to your people and tell them what's going on. But please, watch out for me and my family at the same time. Watch out for us. Help make sure that we have a different story than the story that I anticipate is to come for my people. And they say, as long as you keep your word and you don't let anyone know what's happening, we will honor that. Now Rahab, as I've said, is a prostitute. In every passage of scripture where her name is referenced, she is called a prostitute. Not just in the Old Testament, but the New Testament as well. I think that there's some validity in how we'd raise our younger children to believe that she was an innkeeper as well. I think that she was an innkeeper. I think she had a side job. And I also think that she had... <laughs> I also think that she had a, a working linens or fabric or, or rope-making business as well. And the reason that I say this comes from research that I did and I'm going to read you some excerpts from a book called The Return of the Chaos Monsters and Other Backstories of the Bible, written by a, name by, uh, by a man named Gregory Mobley. Now, for us, the story about the flax just kind of goes over our head. We're like, okay, she hid them under something called flax, and I don't understand why they told us that and what the significance of that is. But for people, when the stories were originally told and passed down, it had more significance for them. For the, the, okay, but it's the first generation hearers of the biblical Israel, but two, it's first generation hearers of the biblical Israel, the details about the flax had significance. Flax is a wetland land reedy herb that was cultivated both for oil and for fibers that were woven into linen cloths. The sheaves of Rahab's roof were flax stalks that had been soaked in order to articulate the fiber, fibers and then left to dry on the roof of the house in the arid Jordan Valley town of Jericho. The production of the linen from the flax was probably a woman's industry. He goes on to say that Rahab had her own cottage industry. She hid the spies under the flax. The rope in which she let down the spies from the town or from the town wall, were made of flax, and the red cord that she affixed to the window was made from flax. The sheaves, the ropes, and the cord, all were products of her own industry and ingenuity. Rahab makes everything happen in the story. The flax provides the thread that runs true, true through the entire fabric of the narrative. So that one of the pieces that I left out is, is that in the promise that she made with the spies, the way that they would know where her house was and how to help her escape before Terrico was felled was that she would tie a red ribbon um, to her, or a red cord to her window so that they could go, okay, this is the house that we need to to help her evacuate. Rahab was ingenuitive. She was hospitable to people who came to her land. She was faithful. That might sound strange because she was someone who did not know this God personally, did not know our God personally, but knew what the God of the Hebrew people was doing for their people. And as I said before, she said, I want some of what they have. I want the assurance and the love 
and the support of this God. I want the direction and the discipline. So she followed through to do this. So we hear about Rahab and her encounter with the spies in Joshua 2. Or Joshua 2. And then we hear about her again when they evacuate her from, from Jericho in chapter 6. And then we hear nothing more about her until we get to the New Testament. And in the New Testament, we find her in two unlikely places. The first one is Matthew 1.5, where we're told that she is married to one of the spies who came to the land and is the mother of Boaz, who marries Ruth, who is in the lineage of David and Jesus. And then the other place that we hear about this, about her, is in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 through 31. If you know Hebrews 11, you know this is a history of faithful people throughout time or throughout the Old Testament and throughout um, the lineage of the story. So we hear about the faithfulness of Noah. We hear about the faithfulness of Moses. And then we hear about the faithfulness of Rahab. As I said before, every time that she's referenced in the Bible, they do let us know that she was a prostitute. So there's, there's some, some of that story that follows along with her. But despite her beginnings, she has a place of being someone that is marked as a faithful individual, someone that we should look up to and aspire to be like. And she's in a place of historical significance. She is someone that not only saved or helped the people of Israel get into the promised land that they were promised, but she also helped bring about our family tree of, of, of bringing about uh, being the great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of David, and I, I'm not even going to count how many great-grandmothers until Jesus, but you get the picture. She has a, a, a significant story. To me, some of her story reminds me or makes me think that it's the precursor to our story of the prodigal son. She didn't have the opportunity to say, hey God, I, or hey dad, I don't like what's going on here. I'm going to take off for a little while, give me my inheritance so that I can, can go enjoy my life my own way. But she did have that point of the low point of the story of the prodigal son where he realized that his life could be so much better if he connected back up with God. She realized that her life could be so much better if she connected her life up with the God of the people of Israel and if she set, made her journey to make that transformation complete. She's someone that displays and embodies what God's grace is, both from the Old Testament and from the New Testament, of new life, new opportunities, and a chance to start over. The fact that she is the wife of one of the spies tells us that she did not receive too much judgment when she entered into the community, that she was welcome into the community and given a place of respect. Because we know stories of places where they go, you want to marry who? No, that's not going to happen because we don't want any of the notoriety of that. And instead they went, okay, if that's who you want to marry, we, we affirm that and we support that, and that's how our lineage comes about. 
I like to believe that they welcomed her, that they were non-judgmental, and they gave her a new home. Some of us may be sitting here going, I don't have the story of Rahab. But some of us may be sitting here going, I feel like Rahab at this moment. Or I feel like I was once Rahab and I've been welcomed into a new community. Regardless of if we are Rahab who's starting the journey of transformation, someone who has received the transformation and has been welcomed into a new community, or are the people who are welcoming into that community, we have the ability to extend grace, to be hospitable, to celebrate faithfulness, and to embrace everyone. We can be like the spies who lived with integrity, who followed the discipline of the commandments, and who were patient along the way. We may not fully identify with Rahab, but we can identify somewhere in this story where we say, I want what you have, or I've got this God who's amazing. When you are ready and want to learn more, I'm happy to share with you, and I will welcome you in. And anything that's happened in the past, let's try to wash away so that we can all have a fresh start as a new community, as people who are led to do and to follow God's commandment. Amen?